0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show on this Monday. I hope you had a good weekend. It's amazing that I have been saying I hope you had a good weekend now for a year. And uh, inside of that weekend, uh, you have been banned in most states from leading a normal life. From your kids going to school during the week to your going to a theater in places like uh, L.A. where I live, you can't even go inside a restaurant to this day a year later. Well, I was reading a, an epidemiologist in Israel that, who, last August, he's a, a major scientist at Tel Aviv University, one of the most prestigious universities in the world, and Israel is known for its scientists and said that uh, this was the entire thing was a mistake. Exactly what I said last April. People should have led normal lives. The percentage of people dying, he said, is so small that if the, if there is an interesting theory, I had never heard this, and I have to mull it over, but I do want to offer it to you from this uh, professor and doctor, that if... The press had never reported the virus. People would not know that there was a virus. They just would have thought that it was a a bad flu season in nursing homes, perhaps. And that would have been it. And people would have gone on normally and then built a herd immunity. But listen to the scientists. Listen to the science is one of of the typical fraudulent claims of the left they don't listen to science they if they listen to science they wouldn't say men give birth okay let, let's let, let's be honest <laughs> they have no interest in science many scientists have no interest in science how many scientists said that it was healthy for healthy there were health benefits to demonstrating against racism at the height of the epidemic And people unmasked, banding together in the thousands. Thousands and thousands of people in the sciences wrote that. Just reminders, reminders, because it's so easy to forget because we're bombarded with news. So people do forget what has in fact happened. We're gonna have a, a woman on. Where did she write her piece? Oh, that was the Newsweek piece? I guess I have it here. Kids and cowards. What really happened to Donald McNeil at the New York Times? So I will leave that subject to later. Donald McNeil was with the New York Times for more than 40 years. He was their chief reporter on the COVID virus, and he was let go because With some young people in Peru a couple of years ago, when asked about the N-word, he said it is totally wrong to ever call anybody the N-word. However, when you read literature that has it, you can say, and then he said the actual word, that was it. That was it. And for that, the Times let him go. And people still read the New York Times, despite the fact that it it is the seat of cowardice as well. Yeah, the entire, the edifices are crumbling, shall we say. Josh Hammer, Reopen America Now is also in Newsweek. See that one? In reality, it is Biden, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and the ruling class's myriad other lockdown apologists who evince something closer to Neanderthal logic, for they are the ones who, a full year after the explosion of unprecedented restrictions on our most rudimentary rights, would seek to continue circumscribing those rights, freedom to worship, freedom to associate, and so forth in the name of a virus with a recovery rate of 98 to 99%. Mind-boggling now. I actually broadcast what I believe was one of the most important commentaries that I have given, and I try to give a, an important one every hour, let alone every day, However, there's there are some that are even within that context. I think are more important. Last week, I spoke about masks outdoors and why the left is so committed to them, and it has nothing to do with science. It's totally bogus. It's a joke. It's a farce. It's actually bad because people need to build immunity, like kids, keeping keeping kids away from all, from. Uh, germs is actually bad for them, but doesn't matter. Keeping them away from school is bad for them, although the schools are so rotten in most cases that I have ambivalence with regard to it. So why, why are people told to wear masks outdoors? It's to keep them scared. I spoke about this last week, so I will not devote an hour to it now. I just want to remind you of it. It is something that I think I should remind people of every day. The purpose of masks is not medical. The purpose of masks is political. Every time you see a mask, you are reminded that there is a virus that might kill you. And so you walk around with a mask outdoors because you're scared or because you're afraid. either scared of the virus or scared of dirty looks. I don't walk around outside ever with a mask, ever. I said this from the beginning of the uh, city in which we broadcasts announcement that it is a mandate or a rule or law, whatever they call it. And I am waiting to be uh, arrested. What I'm really waiting for is for somebody to say, "How come you're not wearing a mask, fella?" And the uh, my my prepared answer is because I'm rational. And I I think it would catch a lot of people off guard because they think they're rational. What? This guy doesn't wear a mask because he thinks he's rational? But it keeps people scared, and if they're scared, you can end civil rights. The ease with which Americans accepted, and, and by the way, almost everybody else in the world, the ease with which people in free countries accepted lack of freedom, the suppression of freedom, is, shall we say, disconcerting. But you know, I've said to you for all of my broadcast life, people do not yearn to be free. That's nonsense. Some people yearn to be free. Patrick Henry, the founders, I do. I yearn to be free. But most people don't. Most people yearn to be taken care of and that is exactly what the left says we will take care of you the left is mephistopheles and here they have a deal you give us your freedom and we will give you money we will buy your freedom in the sense that when you say buy your freedom normally it means we will we will buy your ability to be free now, it's literal in this case we will buy your freedom and you will not have it any longer. You might as well put your freedom on eBay. Really, that's the that's the state of things, folks. Those of you who agree with me should stop wearing masks outdoors. It's okay to get dirty looks. I wear them indoors. On my way into the studio today... A woman came over and just out of nowhere just hugged me. I love you, but I wasn't wearing my mask. I wonder if she'd have recognized me if I wore my mask. <laughs> I got stopped so much at the airport, and I had I had my mask somewhat. On. A lot of young people. It was very touching the way young people respond to to uh, to Prageru and and to me. It gives you hope. So we would po- we would uh, pose for selfies, take our masks off. It's to keep you scared. That's what it is. That's the purpose of outdoor masks. Because if you're scared, they can control you. If you're not scared, they can't control you. set Levy. That is the life that we are living. One eight Prager seven seven six. 800 Hey, everybody. I want to remind you, talking about uh, the issue of scared. We at PragerU do believe that there is one right answer in math. Puts us at odd, odds with Bill Gates, whose foundation donated $1 million to the Oregon Education Department and its program to drop the one right answer notion in math because it's a white supremacist notion by the way uh, he's obviously an enormous fool I mean truly an enormous fool very rich you you could be an idiot savant he he obviously knew how to run or make a business Uh, but uh, he's a fool he's an enormous fool because the notion that one right answer in math is white supremacist means that whites are superior. The left lacks intellectual acumen aside from courage and decency and, and wisdom. If, if the notion that there is a right answer is a white supremacist notion then whites are superior. That's what they're saying. The Ku Klux Klan could not have come up with with that. Had the Ku Klux Klan said only whites believe 2 and 2 is 4, they would have been laughed out of society, right? But if the left says only whites say that the only answer to 2 plus 2 is 4, then they're not laughed out by the New York Times where Gates, like fools, dominate. And that's it. It's it, the, the idea that Shakespeare was great because he was white, not because he was great, is another argument for white supremacy. The only arguments for white supremacy today are given by the left. The only arguments for segregation, for racial segregation, are given by the left. Try to say that on your Facebook page. you know what 's really disturbed me that that amazon has has taken down the the documentary made by Clarence Thomas about his life it's it 's funny it 's just not reported it, it it's uh it hasn 't registered it 's an earthquake it 's like an earthquake happening. And nobody acknowledging it. it's an earthquake that some some a company unprecedentedly dominant in the world of books and other forms of information has been taken over by people who don't want an open society, and that the George Soros you've got to admit the man's Orwellian. He, he fights for... His belief is he's fighting for an open society. I guess by open he meant jails should be open and violent criminals allowed out. Everything is upside down and half the country buys it. Although the New York Times had it... Why well, was it the New York Times? A disturbing piece to them about how Hispanics are moving towards Republicans? <laughs> uh. The comments, are. I always love the comments, because that's that's the unfiltered people of the left or the right. And their theory is because Latinos believe in machismo. Because there was discussion about how Republicans like the idea that a man will marry and support a family that's now machismo, like toxic masculinity. As we know, it's a very bad thing for boys to grow up to think that they should try to support a family, right? Really, it's really disturbing. They should grow up thinking that they will earn half of the house income. Now, If you end up earning half the house income or even less, and it works out, more power to you. But I don't think a boy's original dream should be she'll support the family as much as I do. All right. one a prager seven seven six is the number here i got a I got a story for you that has really uh, really taken me over and i would uh, I would have it for you if I knew where I placed it one of these phenomena that I all of us in talk radio endure let's see here oh yes, yeah, so creighton. University, you familiar with it? It's a, where is it? It's a Jesuit university. Sorry, is oh Nebraska? Yes, I believe you're right. So the coach of the Creighton basketball team. This yeah, Omaha yeah. Released the stories from Omaha AP. So he he, he said to the team, uh, you know in a pep session after losing let's see what did he say exactly he said this guys we got to stick together we need both feet in I need everybody to stay on the plantation I can't have anybody leave the plantation yeah, that came after the this uh, the team fourteenth ranked blue jays lost seventy seven sixty nine to Xavier in Cincinnati so is that is that a saying we'll be back in a moment i'm Dennis prager the Dennis prager show let me go to my guest and i'm going to continue with this creighton story after i have uh, guest who's on the line a very important uh, subject i do want to take the challenge though if 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 you don't agree with me it's a there is affirmative action here you do go first hillside illinois cindy thank you for calling
1: yes dennis i unfortunately you're a hypocrite because you say covid is not that serious you do not need a mask however you take hydroxychloroquine to protect yourself why
0: For the same reason that I wear a seatbelt. I know that driving is dangerous. I do it, and I wear a seatbelt.
1: Then don't mock someone
0: who wears a mask. I only mock people who wear a mask outside. I don't mock people who wear masks. I walk only outside. And they deserve mockery, and it's good for them that I mock them because then maybe they will rethink why they do it. Most are doing it because they're afraid of dirty looks from people. Not because they're afraid of dying.
1: You don't know why they do it.
0: You're okay. afraid
1: of uh, right. of Right, so if they're, all right, so e- either one, I,
0: I wear seatbelts. I protect myself.
1: Protect yourself from what? You said COVID wasn't that serious.
0: That's correct, but I, you, you can die from it just as you can die in a car crash. I did hug people at rallies prior to even taking hydroxychloroquine, and I'm a senior citizen. I have a happy life. I don't walk around afraid. It is one of the joys of life to live as I do. All right. Glad you called. I hope the seatbelt answered your question. It's a delight to welcome Nancy Rommelman. And Nancy, hi. Hi. I just want to introduce you properly. Among other things, she's an investigative reporter. She has made a PragerU video about what happened to her, her and her husband's A coffee business, if I'm not mistaken, in Portland, Oregon, because you had uh, tweeted that there might be two sides uh, uh, with with regard to the Me Too movement, and that was enough to have you uh, shut down by the community in Portland, because most of the people living in Portland are indecent. I I don't know how it happened. It's a very sad thing. I heard you moved to New York. Are are you somewhat of a masochist?
1: I am back in New York City where I'm from, where I know you are from. I moved back. Yeah, but I wouldn't in, move uh, back. <laughs> August 2019.
0: I'm from for a reason. <laughs> Why and did well, you? Wh- I'm
1: very happy to be back. And I, in fact, my husband closed down the business and we sold the house and we just amscreed from Portland uh, altogether. But I, I did want to add something to what, what you just said in terms of Portlanders. You know, I, I really don't think it's the majority of Portlanders. It's a very loud Cranky minority that has the ear of the local government um, and has some power. You know, most most Portlanders are nice are nice folks. Yeah, um, they're, you know in what? In I have given
0: up problem. on nice folks. Nice yeah. folks, yeah. nice folks who shut up when people like you are destroyed uh, are uh, are irrelevant to the battle against evil. They're, they're like I wrote. I wrote an essay. The good German. I now understand the yeah. German who did nothing. The Portlander who does nothing is to me similar. They watch evil take place. They don't participate. They're really sweet. They're good neighbors. And they are cowards. Nope. They're afraid, yes. Okay, they're afraid. You know, that's called cowardice. So. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of being hated by despicable people. That's what yeah. it means.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, we're here to talk about something else. I that's think.
0: right. You have written in a very important piece on the New York Times reporter... Uh, who uh, was let go. I have followed the story, but uh, not nearly as much as you have. So uh, why don't you give us the background on the case, and then what you came up with.
1: Sure. So in 1976, Donald uh, McNeil Jr. joined the New York Times as a copy boy. He spent his entire career there, uh, including uh, in the last year, being their top COVID reporter, a science reporter. He's done incredible work from all over the globe, 60 countries with Zika and AIDS. He's a pretty important guy. On January 28th of this year, a small piece ran in at the website The Daily Beast claiming that McNeil, back in 2019, while on a New York Times-sponsored trip to Peru for high school students, had used the N-word and also had said some sexist things. Now, I wrote the piece, and as a reporter myself, I thought this is very, very strange journalism because there was no context at all. There were, you know, Accusations, but no context. Um, did, let's cut to the chase. Within eight days, he was out at the New York Times. What that transpired was that in uh, 2019 on this trip, um, someone, uh, a high school student, asked him whether he thought a 12-year-old who had used the N-word with her friend, like joking, her friend who was black, should have been suspended for doing that. And in asking the question of the student, he used it. He repeated back what had been said to him. Uh, the Times had investigated this because apparently the students complained. They put it to bed. And- All right,
0: hold on. This is I, I, uh, this is an extremely important story about the state of the New York Times and the media today. And I will be back with Nancy Rommelman momentarily. <music> Let there be no doubt, Big Tech and the far left have joined forces to purge America of conservative views. So why exactly are we choosing to give Big Tech companies all of our personal data? The battle lines have been drawn. Big Tech has made it clear which side they're on. Now is the time to take a stance. Protect your personal data from Big Tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection, Express VPN. Every device, whether you're on your phone, laptop, or TV, has a unique string of numbers called an IP address. When you search Search for things, watch videos, or even click a link. Big tech companies can use that IP to track your activity and tie it back to you. So stop handing over your data to big tech companies whose aim is to censor you and spy on you. Defend your rights and protect your internet activity with the VPN I use. Visit expressvpn.com-prager, expressvpncom prager Prager to get three extra months free expressvpn.com Prager. All right, let me uh, reprise or reprise this. New York Times reporter Donald McNeil Jr. Let go by the New York Times after 47 years, I think it is, with the Times. Or I'll get the exact detail from Nancy Rumbleman in a moment. She's on the line. She's written an important piece on this. And he he was let go because he used the n-word it came out two years ago with a New York Times sponsored trip with young people to Peru now uh, Nancy one of the things that people following this story uh, don't seem to ask or or conclude is how loathsome the Daily Beast is.
1: Yeah, well, I I have two thoughts on that. Um, As a journalist, when I first read the piece, I thought it was bad reporting because I would never, as an editor or a reporter, I never would have filed a story that didn't offer context. I mean, that's, that's that's a horrible thing to do. It's unethical. I did have someone speak to me who's a media reporter, and he said, you know... Someone gets a scoop, they write about it, they didn't have all the details. That said, it seemed to me they were sort of doing the bidding of um, some people at the Times that wanted to, I mean, somebody at the Times leaked this internal investigation to the Daily Beast. Why? Why two years later something that had already been put to bed? Why would you do that? Well, you do it because you, you know that it's probably going to get this guy canned.
0: Right, but and he's not good. a conservative.
1: No, he's not. Oh my goodness, Donald McNeil Jr. is not a conservative. And he was—he fought for the unions. He was—he um, was a very, you know, a hard working guy. Definitely old school. Older than most of the people that are complaining about him. Certainly older than the high school students on the trip he was in. Um, but the problem is, he used the N word during a conversation about racist language.
0: Right, he right. I want to I, again. I want to make that yep. clear because yep. this happened to me where I didn't even say the word, I just said that what the left has done, making it impossible to say it in any context, and I said it was evil to call somebody the N-word, but just opposing the ban on the word, in, if you're describing Mark Twain's literature, it's the right. only, literally the only word in English that cannot be said in any context. So McNeil says it. Now, how did he say it exactly? Repeating what the student had asked? Explain. Yes, because
1: someone asked him, do you think the student should have been suspended for using the N-word? And he said, well, was she was she like saying to someone or was she like quoting from a rap song or a book? And he basically said back to the student what had been said to him. So that's context, right? Yeah. Let, me just, let me just piggyback onto something you just said. So I've written three pieces about the McNeil situation, and if, you're, if you're, your listeners are interested, they have a sub stack under my name. They can go read the pieces. They're all there. And in one of the pieces, I said, look, these you, people don't want to be able to use this word. They want to be able to weaponize it. They turn it into little pellets of plutonium. So, they, of course, they don't want it used. First of all, there's no reason to use the word. But if you're using it in context, they don't even want that to happen because they want it to continue to be a weapon that they can use. And I just don't think that's okay. I do not think that's okay at all. Right. You know? Even,
0: even The Guardian uh, wrote, wrote a piece about how stupid, it, and it's on the left, about how stupid it is that, you, you know, quoting Mark Twain, you can't say the word.
1: I, I think... Obviously, times change, and and and
0: for the most part, that's a great thing. But, yes, right. You know, but never um, is, 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 is it it's just moral showing off. And anyway, it, it's it's not a healthy thing. And on my show, it came up because I had mentioned that Truman, who who, who against the State Department, recognized Israel the day it announced its independence in 1948. Used the word "kike" regularly in his correspondence, like when he visited New York, and this is reported. And he used the N-word, but I can't. But I, I, I don't want the thing to become the K-word. It, I, I don't want any Jew. I'm a Jew. I don't want any Jew called it. That's that's evil. But to right. cite uh, uh, the uh, Alan who wrote the the, the great uh, biography of Truman. McCullough, yeah, which is where I got it from. David okay. McCullough's biography, okay. and he uses the 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 N word in the book, but I can't. If I were to read the book, I wonder if the audible actually says the word, and would the guy be fired if oh, he said the word?
1: I have a friend of mine, Jesse Single, has a book coming out, and he's writing about a lot of social psychology. And uh, he realized when he was doing the audio book, it was there, and he said to the director, "Maybe we should just, you know, not say the word." They said, "Absolutely." We should not say the word, but
0: right, you know, even though it's, it's written different. in the books of the order. This is what we've come to.
1: Yes, but and just to, to to echo a bit of what you're saying, it's a very very bad idea to scrub history. It is a very bad idea because how are you going to learn? Okay, how do you learn to do better? And maybe what wasn't a great idea if you get rid of everything in the past? That's well, never forget, right? Is not not that, that what we're supposed to do? We're not supposed to forget. No, no, I, no
0: should... there's no question. So just tell me what is the what did you learn in the McNeil story that we may not know?
1: Well, I mean, it, it, it's pretty obvious that it's an activist contingent at the New York Times who has um, either got. You know, upper management shaking in their boots or, or, or agreed with them. You had Dean Baquet, who's the you know he's the executive editor, who at one point said intent doesn't matter. Can you imagine being a newspaper person? Well, says, Brett
0: Stephens uh, wrote a great piece in the New York Times on this notion of intent doesn't matter and how Excuse- this ends the, the human race. I mean, it, 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 we become automatons. It doesn't well, matter. If somebody says, I hate the word, and, it, and says it, versus this is what I use when I speak about black people, the intent doesn't matter?
1: Well, it, you certainly can't run a newspaper that way. You certainly can't be a storyteller that way. You certainly can't be a lawyer that way. And, you know, Becke backed off of that a couple of days later, saying, of course, intent matters. But, you know, people, you know this, people right now want to be upset. They're inflamed and they're poisoned. That's to right. Upset.
0: Boy, do you know Persephone. that? All right, you are special. See her video at PragerU, and her articles are up at DennisPrager dot Thank you. All right, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager, Herman in Detroit, Michigan. Hello. Hey Dennis, how's it going? Pleasure to
1: speak
0: with you. Thank you.
1: Uh, are you aware of Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion stimulus bill that you just
0: signed? I'm very aware of it. Okay, well, I've noticed some inconsistencies in uh, what you've uh, what you've been saying, and I
1: just wanted to fix it up, like clear it up.
0: Mm-hmm. There might be, so I hope we do clear it up. Go ahead.
1: All right. So, in you said that if Hillary Clinton won the 2016 election, it would have been over for the American experiment. Uh huh. And so why isn't it over now that Joe Biden has Senate majority
0: and he's, like, more or less... It, 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 it is being destroyed. I, I, I give evidence of that every day. The biggest part of the American experiment was free speech. That's why we got the Statue of Liberty from France. And there is less free speech today than at any time in American history, including the Civil War. So it depends what you mean right. by the American experiment. There, there are two aspects at least one is free speech. The other is small government. We're, we're being uh, defeated in both on, on a an unprecedented basis.
1: Right. So do you think there's a chance that, uh, it can turn around or no? Like, are we past the point of no return?
0: No. Uh, If I believe that, if I I, no, I'm very happy you asked because you're a young man and uh, it's not good at 25 to think that you're on a sinking boat. The boat has holes in it, but it has not yet sunk. Uh, If I didn't believe, if I thought the cause was hopeless, why would I broadcast every day and and write as much as I do and work as hard as I do? I would just retreat and into my audio system and my hobbies and my family and my friends of a rich life outside of battling for the United States. So that was an important call. No, it's, it's, it, the, half of this country understands that half of this country doesn't give a damn about freedom. But half of the country does. See, the left is anti-freedom. Liberals are pro-freedom, but they're pro-left, so they they're politically useless. The liberal is a, the liberal is the most confused of the three groups: the left, the liberal, and the conservative. The liberal is by far the most confused. Leftists know what they want to undo Western civilization. The right knows what it wants to protect Western civilization. What do liberals want? You know what they want? They want to feel good about themselves by opposing the right. That's what they want.